Well, good morning, everybody. Hopefully you guys are having a wonderful Saturday morning. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today on this beautiful Saturday here from Texas. So wherever you are, hopefully, like I said, your coffee's nice and hot. Maybe you're having a great breakfast. And most importantly, if you're watching us, I want to thank you for making us part of your amazing morning. So today I am really excited to have an amazing guest. Today I have Dr. Sarah Thomas with us this morning, and we're going to talk about educator, real life stories, and edupreneur stories. So I'm just so excited to have Dr. Thomas here with us. Or Sarah, may I call you Sarah? Please All right, we're having yeah. okay, Sarah. Yes, so Sarah, so we've got Sarah here, and I'm just so excited. And uh, again, just having a great, great conversation here with her today. And guys, if you're watching us today, if you're leaving some comments, please use hashtag PLF in all caps. That way we can put you in for a drawing for some of the new sticker swag for my EdTech Live. So I'm just really excited about that. So again, I'm excited to have Dr. Sarah Thomas here today, who is the founder of the EduMatch organization, which promotes connection and collaboration among educators around the world. But she also serves as a regional technology coordinator in a large district in Maryland. So we're going to get the origin story here, guys, today, the way she kind of came up and the way the amazing things that she's doing today. And of course, we're going to be talking about EduMatch and just the a wonderful array of authors that are available under this publishing um, umbrella. So I'm just so excited about that. So Sarah, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great, Fonz. How about yourself? Oh, doing wonderful and excited to have you here again. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you might be on a little break, but thank you so much for being here this morning. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, Sarah, let's get down to it. It longtime follower myself and seeing your work, all the great things that you are doing. Dallas, I want to know, where did the story of Sarah Thomas get started? How did you land in education? Oh, that is such a good question. So originally, I was not in education. I was in uh, radio TV film. That was my undergrad in um my undergrad major was radio TV film, but maybe around freshman, sophomore year, my mom started teaching uh, middle school. You know, she'd been an educator since I was a kid, but she'd been in different roles, you know, teaching at a university to pre-service teachers, um, working with the DC public schools channel when I was a kid, having a show there. And, um, and so when she actually went into the middle school classroom, I started coming down to volunteer um, and I was just like, man, this is really where I want to be. But, you know, I'm all I'm deep in my major, deep, deep, deep. And I was just like, OK, so it's too late to switch, you know, but maybe maybe somehow I'll find my way to this. And and what really cemented it for me was when I met the um, the AV technician at her school. Um, and, you know, I was just like, oh, this is something that, you know, that I could really see myself getting into. So anyway, fast forward, um, graduated bachelor's in radio TV film re-enrolled in the master's program um, for intercultural communication. And I came down the stairs one day, it was serendipity. There was a poster on the wall. They were looking for uh, teachers, alternative certification for a nearby district. And I was just like, 
all right, well, let me go ahead and shoot my shot. And so I applied. Um, they accepted me into the program. And, you know, I went through a summer institute of, um, you know, kind of some pedagogical strategies, things of that nature um, for the month of July. And then in August, then, you know, um, I started I started teaching, you know, I kind of jumped the gun and decided to place myself instead of waiting for them to place me. Those first couple years were super rough, <laughs> but I learned quite a bit. And, um, you know, as the years went on, I learned about lots of different things, learned about, um, you know, different different strategies, different tools. Um, you know, I got better um, in my own skin, you know, with my students, you know, getting to build relationships with them. And then like uh, once I got connected, it was a wrap. Like I was just like, I love this. This is, you know, this is my jam. This is where this is where I want to be. So. Um, yeah, so now this is almost year 18. In uh, August, it'll be year 18. And uh, just just absolutely loving it. Wow, that is great. And that's such a wonderful story. I mean, just the way that, again, going back and just seeing the way things were, and then now you say, like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go for it and do it. And you know, and that's very similar to my story. And that's very similar, I think, to a lot of stories of people whom I follow is that, you know, education was not their number one, but they either fell into it due to, again, somebody inspiring them or just seeing the way things were. And then once you're in there, it's like you just fell absolutely in love with it in the process. And not saying that it was easy, of course, because like you mentioned, and I'd like to kind of go back to that. Like you said, you know, those first couple of years being rough. If your today self right now can go back to yourself when you first started, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Oh man. So that was 2004 when I started and there weren't as many things available as there are now. Um, like as far as support goals for educators, but um, if at the time, you know, there was a way to get connected, then I would say definitely, you know, get connected. Um, like that, that to me has been the biggest game changer in my entire career. Just, you know, having that network, um, just, you know, just getting to know people on a deeper level and having that support for when times get rough. And, you know, it, it's great to connect with people within your school, within your district, and also connecting with people outside of it, just to see what they're doing, learning from them, um, and being able to, you know, prop each other up when things get really, really difficult. You know, and I agree with you 100% on that. The power of connection is great. And just like Amanda here is posting the hashtag PLF, you know, so just really excited about that. But I, yes. And I think that that's very important, you know, for myself. I I saw a turn, you know, for the better when I started being connected, not only within my building or even within the district, but also outside, putting your stuff out on social media, reaching out to people, getting connected with uh, genuine educators that are out there that are willing to help was really what made my practice a lot better. You get that confidence. And like you said, you have somebody that you can turn to sometimes even during rough times. And although you may be miles and miles apart, it seems like you're definitely close-knit family and it's always great to have people there to support. So I do agree with you. Being a connected educator has definitely been 
for me, the most amazing thing in being able to connect with people globally as well. And so that's really exciting. So thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, we definitely see that and the power of connection there. And I believe you, you did, you know, do some writing on this too as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Um, so there's been a couple of different places where I've like written about it and things of that nature. Um, I would say like one thing that we do um, annually is the EduMatch anthology um, where people submit like different chapters and stuff like that. But um, we started that back in 2016. And I remember just kind of, you know, I, I know that we're going to be talking about EduMatch later, but just uh, just kind of wrote about that. Uh, but I would say that that mainly um, like my main form of communication about that topic has, has been, um, I guess, an ISTE Ignite I did back in uh, 2017, where I really got to talk about it on stage. And I was just honored to have that opportunity. And I was just so happy that, um, that it, you know, that the, that the networking, the, you know, the connections that, that that idea really resonated with folks and folks who had been doing it for a long time, you know, they were just like, yeah, you know, this is uh this is how I feel as well. So that feedback, just getting that feedback was just really amazing. But yeah, I would I would say also within our anthology, that's just kind of like an example of it like living, you know, with all these people submitting chapters of what they do, um, what they're learning about every year, our EduMatch snapshot in the education and just compiling that and learning from uh learning from everybody's practices just been just amazing to to see. Man, that is wonderful. And and I love it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about all of these opportunities that you've had, because I know if people may not be familiar with your work, you do a lot of national presentations, global presentations, you know, with ISTE and, you know, through EduMatch and through a lot of other, uh, you know, entities that you do work with. And we'll definitely get to that because there might be some educators that are out there that this might be something that they're inspired or they're inspired by, or they would love to do, but maybe some of them may not know where to start. But I think we already hit at least that first major point, which is the power of connection and connecting with other educators that can definitely help, uh, you know, uh, help you in that aspect and share your work and get ideas from too as well. So I'm really excited about that. So let's talk a little bit, you know, let's go back again to, you know, Sarah Thomas, you know, coming up and, you know, getting your work and, and starting and then all of a sudden, you know, you're connecting, you're putting your work out there. How important would you say that social media has, you know, how important has that component been into or with your current role and of course, moving on into the jobs and the opportunities that you've had. Can you tell us maybe some experiences through that as well? Yeah, totally. It's it's really been a game changer for me. And I know I keep using that phrase, but it, it really has, like it has been the number one thing that has had me kind of pivot. Uh, just that access to so many different people, just you know, around the country, around the world, um, and just being exposed to different modes of thinking as well. Um, because one thing that I really love about uh, being able to connect with other folks is that there might be somebody on paper that is completely the opposite of me. But once we get connected, once we start finding out, you know, more about each other, um, then around, um, you know, that overlap where, where we might have like some things where we really, really, really are in sync with, really, really, really see eye to eye with, that's 
that's a basis where you can form all kinds of relationships and you can have difficult conversations that are difficult, you know, that, that are difficult conversations for a reason, you know, um, that you can't normally have with strangers without a whole lot of, um, a whole lot of pushback. And a lot of times these are the conversations that move the needle. So, I mean, it's just been so valuable to me, um, professionally, personally, like, I feel like I'm a different person from when I first got connected back in 2013, I would say. So now it's coming up on 10 years. It's crazy how quickly it goes by, but actually coming up on nine because a week from when we're recording this episode, um, then that will be my ninth year anniversary of being on Twitter. So <laughs> it, it went by very quickly, very quickly, oh, but yeah. it's, it's, it's really been, uh, an amazing experience. I'm so, so grateful for everyone I've connected with. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And I second that. So for any educators that are out there that are watching that currently may not be connected or are thinking about being connected and you're listening to this episode, you know, listen to uh, what Sarah is saying. And of course, myself too, as well, please make sure that you do connect, connect with Sarah on Twitter, connect with me on Twitter, and connect with other educators that, you know, have that similar passion and that similar viewpoint. And like I said, like, I, and I agree with Sarah, I think one of the biggest things for me in in my career, uh, you know, was when I first started getting being a connected educator. And that was back really in about 2015, 2016, around that time. And then it just completely changed the teacher that I was, the educator that I, that I was, because I got to see things from different perspectives. And that's one thing that you mentioned, Sarah, you know, being able to see things from a different lens, from a different viewpoint, and maybe something's going on in your current role that, you know, you you have those difficult conversations that maybe people don't want to have within your, you know, building community or within your district, but you can reach out to others and say, hey, you know, if, how are you all handling this? What's going on here? What are some ways to overcome this? And it's amazing how willing people are, are to, you know, how willing they are to help. And I think that's something that is definitely very important to have that support system. So definitely agree. So make sure you get connected, guys, because it's definitely, it'll make a difference um, for sure in your practice. All right. So now talking a little bit more about those opportunities, Sarah, you know, now you're coming up, you're doing, you're working in the school. Where did that passion now that to move up to that next level where did that come from was that something that you already had intended did you think maybe no this is where i want to be in the classroom you know for a good while or you know what let's see what else is out there because now you're working as a technology coordinator so what inspired that next move yeah so I absolutely love my time in the classroom. Like I, I was there for 10 and a half years. Um, and especially the later years, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is this is just so amazing. Um, like I love having the connection with the students, with their parents, things of that nature. Um, around year, I would say year five or six, um, then I had started at uh, the school where I spent the longest time, a French immersion school. And at that time, um, there was and there was a grant in my district for sharing technology with educators program. That's what it was called. And it was put on by this team called the technology training team. And from there, I learned so much. And it was a pivotal time in my career because this was like, 
um, after, you know, the, the rough years <laughs> that I talked about. So um, I had like three rough years. I had one like, okay year. And then I went to this French immersion school and just the principal was amazing and empowering and just everything just, you know, just took off from there. And that was the time when I connected with the technology training team. Um, and we got accepted for the sharing technology with educators program. And they taught us there, this was like 2008, I want to say 2008-ish. Um, they taught us about podcasting. They taught us about um, at the time, wikis were really big. Um, let me see what else. There were there were a few other things. I think VoiceThread, um, and there there was one other thing I can't remember. Um, but I was just introduced to all of this really cool stuff that I had never you know never seen, never heard of before, and I was just like whew, mind blown. Um, especially coming from the radio, TV, film background. So I started doing this stuff, and then they had a program. Um, I want to say maybe a year or two later. Uh, that was the Technology Leader Academy. Um, so they accepted me in there. And this was incredible for me because I didn't see myself as a leader. You know, I had like the baggage from the from the first few years that were really rough. And I kind of saw myself as a, you know, as a quote unquote struggling teacher still. Um, but after, you know, after a few years where I was able to put in practice the things that I learned and really build build up my skill set and um, and really learn from and with my students, um, then just that validation being accepted into that technology leadership academy, it really changed my perspective of myself and what was capable and what was just possible for me. And so, at that point, I was just like you know, these people have done amazing things for me. And if I ever get a chance to join that team, then I will be honored to be in it. And lo and behold, um, I'm trying not to get all misty here, but lo and behold, fast forward a few years and they did have an opening. Um, and so I applied and they accepted me and I've been there now for the past, going on seven years. Um, and I mean, I'm still as honored as I was on day one to join um, and be able to be part of such a team that has really changed me um, and supported me and, and just shifted my entire perspective. Man, that's so wonderful. And that's just so great, you know, and a, again, a testimony to just the hard work. And then of course, working hard to getting into this, into this role, this position, and then obviously showing what you can do and the amazing things that you're you are able to accomplish as well and then being able to move into this current role now and now you kind of give back at uh, exponentially i would say you know because sometimes you know in, in in the classroom you're working you're working with your kiddos you're in the classroom you know you've got either 30 kids or depending if you've got rotation but now it's like now you're working with the teachers and some of the things that you get to do now you know, you're affecting so many more people in such a positive way. And that's really exciting. So I'm really excited about that. So seven years now in there, and I'm sure that those first couple of years, you know, that were, how did that transition go from classroom to this next role? I'm kind of curious about that. Was it kind of like, whoa, like this is way too fast or like, hey, you know what? I'm like a fish in water here <laughs> and I'm good to go. So tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, the transition was like super cool. It was um, it was a lot more easy than I would have anticipated. The reason being that 
when I started getting connected, um, well, first, actually, let me back it up. So after Technology Leadership Academy, I started doing um, CPD classes for the technology training team. So in our district, you know, uh, I don't know if it's like uh, if it's across the U.S., but uh, we have CPD credits to recertify. Um, so um, so I started teaching some of those classes for the team. And so I started really getting to know them you know, and staying in contact with them, they, they really became not just, you know, my, not just uh, people in, in my district, you know, not just central office people, but my friends, you know, I felt like uh, really built a connection and a relationship with the team. And at the same time, um, you know, once I got connected and I started doing presentations, conferences, things of that nature, um, then it started, you know, that, that is the majority of what I do now. So, um, you know, so I, I felt very kind of prepared, um, you know, already knowing most of the people on the team um, and also um, having done these presentations, these conferences for a few years before I joined the team. Um, and it was a it was a very smooth transition. I would say the hardest part and it still remains the hardest part to this day is just missing the kids, you know, because just. Oh my goodness. Like the last batch of kids I had, especially I had them at the French immersion school from the time they were in second grade until the time they were in eighth grade. And, um, you know, so I left at the same time that they did. I actually was in a high school for about four months before I joined the technology training team. Um, and, you know, I still got to see some of them, but I really, really missed them. Um, but now, you know, uh, I have the opportunity to, um, to actually help cover classes because I mean, it's, 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 it's for, it's bittersweet. Like <laughs> I love being back with the kids, but you know, it is because of a teacher shortage. So, you know, just acknowledging that part of it as well. Um, but, um, but I am really loving the connections with the students and with their parents, you know, so, so I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds, you know, getting to do my job, um, as a regional technology coordinator and also, getting to build relationships with a new group of students. There you go. Yeah. And that's so important. And, and that's so great. Like, cause, because you already did have that classroom experience. So now that combination of that classroom experience, technology coordinator, it's, I mean, and that's amazing. And that's what I love about my transition to as well from going to the classroom and going into, you know, instructional tech is just having that skill set that at any moment you can turn on teacher mode and, you know, you're back because it's, it's, it's within us, you know, we did it for so long. And although things may have changed slightly, to me, it's always been all about relationships. So as long as you can establish those relationships and that connection first and foremost, build that community. I mean, the kids are definitely going to be working and, you know, we're going to be doing it together. And that's, I think to me was always the biggest uh, and the most important part. So let's talk a little bit about this because you did mention this. And I mean, we, we, we have to talk about it because it's something that is already out in the news. It's been out there for a while. Like you said, some of the things that you're doing, filling in due to a teacher shortage, you know, how has that been for you personally? I mean, I want to know what your feelings behind that are. And then, of course, how has it affected, you know, your current district in any way? Yeah, totally. So um, so I know that this is like a uh, national um, occurrence, if not international. But um, these last few years have been hard. You know, they've been hard on everybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm going on Twitter, just scrolling down the timeline. I'm seeing how people are feeling like it's, it's such a 
it's a pulse check to see how people are feeling. And I mean, there's so many great things with our field, but also, you know, we have to acknowledge that right now, this is a very difficult time for so many people for so many reasons. Um, and it's, it's, it's very challenging. So, um, so with this shortage, you know, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hoping that, that something turns around soon, um, because, yeah, it's 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 really it's it's really been a challenge um, nationwide. Um, but I would say that personally um, and professionally, then um, at first I was a little apprehensive, <laughs> to be honest, about going back into the classroom. Um, I was a little apprehensive, but like you said, it's kind of like riding a bike and you don't lose it. Um, so it, I was able to kind of you know catch my speed, but. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, I was I was a little apprehensive because it was um, it was outside my content area, and um, there was one time where we went uh, where we you know helped out with classes before um, when there were a lot of absences, and that particular day did not did not go so well for me. Um, so I was just like, oh my goodness, maybe I lost it, maybe I lost my touch. Um, but being back with them, you know, with the middle schoolers, it was, it, it's just an amazing experience. Um, I absolutely love to connect with them, their energy, like, you know, being away from them, then it, it, it just kind of felt like that useful energy was something I was missing in my life. But, um, but now I have it, you know, they're catching me up. Like, uh, I was joking before I was saying that, that I'm kind of, uh, getting old because now I, I'm not hip to anything that's out there anymore, but they're catching me up, you know, so I'm learning about the, <laughs> I'm learning about what's hot in the world right now, uh, in their world, I should say. Um, and, and I've really, really missed that. And also just, uh, their parents as well. Like I, uh, I've been able to meet a few of their parents who've been super sweet, super supportive. Um, and I absolutely love when different stakeholders come together and just, you know, build up the community, the school community together. Yeah. Man, that's wonderful. And that's so great to hear, you know, stakeholders coming in and parents, you know, th that's very important too as well. Being able to, you know, have the parents feel welcome coming in, you know, to all the schools, working with them, just open communication that really does make a big difference, you know, so that's really exciting. But it's nice to hear that story too, because sometimes, you know, as adults, we're a little bit out of the loop to what's hip. But that's one thing that I really appreciated about my students when I was in the classroom. They always kept you up to date or the, or you had to push yourself to be up to date because you want to make sure that what they're doing and what they're talking about is something that is appropriate. <laughs> So yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, sure. well, now let's kind of transition a little bit. So now, you know, you talked you talked to us about, you know, kind of your origin story coming up, you know, what you've been doing, how you moved up. And now I want to know where did the idea, you know, of this next step in doing EduMatch come from? What sparked that notion to say, hey, you know what, this is something I want to do. And and you've grown it, you know to be mm. very well known. And like I mentioned earlier, just the amount of authors that you have, the books, and and of course the PD, you guys are, are a PD partner also as well. And, you know, you're offering PD, you know, nationwide. So tell me a little bit about that story. Where did this idea come from? Yeah, yeah, totally. This was like almost the, the little the little engine that never was, I guess, if I'm like stealing a children's book name, but <laughs> it was just a random idea on a, um, 
on a Friday night, you know, I was on Boxer with uh, with one of my buddies, Rafons Davis, uh, also in Texas. And so we were chatting. Um, and so she said something because at the time she was, uh, I believe, a district math coach, if I'm not mistaken. And she was talking about like one of her um, one of the teachers in her district wanted to do uh, gamification with fantasy sports. So I was just like, okay, well, you know, I just had this conversation with my cousin who used to be a New York uh, math teacher. And he just gave me a book about gamification with math and fantasy sports. And I was just like, y'all should like talk, y'all should meet or whatever. And, you know, we should also bring in uh, Chris Avilas, uh, who you've had on your show. Um, I was just listening to that episode like yesterday. <laughs> but um, I was just like, yeah, you know, three of you should, uh, should get together. Y'all should have a conversation. And so at that point, I was like, wait a minute, hold up. Is there something that will connect person A with person B with person C? Um, and, you know, along similar interests and just having a having a conversation and seeing what comes from there. So I looked, of course, there were Twitter chats at the time. There were boxer groups. There were Facebook groups. But nothing that directly made those introductions. So I was just like, all right, all right. So I signed up for a Twitter account. Um, edu match, like one word was taken. So I put edu underscore match. Um, and at that point... I just um, put together a Google form and was just like, is anybody interested in making some new connections? And so someone in Australia was like, yeah, I'll do it. So um, actually, no, I take that back. The Google form came later. But I, <laughs> in a DM, I asked him to uh, tell me more about himself. So everything that he sent me in this very short bio, I just kind of hashtagged and tweeted out a sentence like maybe every three or four hours and, um, you know, and just put different hashtags on it. And at the end of the day, I was just like, how did this work? For you and he's just like I, I met about 20 people i was just like cool so um he was just like just keep it going so i was just like all right so at that point i set up the google form and a website and people started signing up so um i did this edumatch person of the day thing for about maybe two years where um you know eventually as folks signed up then the database you know we had this database on google sheets and i would just tag folks and be like yeah you know uh connect with this person our person of the day who's into blah 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 just as you are and so did that for a while um other stuff started happening so it became unsustainable but you know as people joined they brought their ideas like somebody was like do a voxer groups and somebody was like do a facebook group do a podcast do a twitter chat and you know all of these different ideas um so you know i tried them out they they were good, you know, so when they were good, then, then I kept them. Um, and so the, the Twitter form kind of fell away, but, um, you know, started doing other things like, uh, tweet and talk, which was, All right. We just had a little bit of technical difficulties here, but no worries, guys. We'll make sure that we get Dr. Sarah back here. And okay, there I'm we so go. Sorry about that. Hey, no worries. Okay. It's all good. If you could just go back just a little bit, oh. that way we can continue there with the tweet and talk and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, totally, totally. So with the tweet, uh, with the tweet and talk, we would do that Sundays Twitter chat um, with a video panel of folks just kind of talking on a topic. Uh, did that for a while um, in the Voxer group. Then, well, I would say that that we did that for a few years, probably like four or five years, but it just, you know, once the pandemic hit then, and we had like so much going on, that was uh, something that, that we cut, but we're going to be bringing back. Um, but also in the Voxer group, then um, we were talking one day about bucket lists. 
what do you want to do before you retire? And so many people are like, write a book, write a book. So that's when our EduMatch Snapshot in Education started that I talked about a little earlier. Um, and then from there, people were asking about doing solo books. So uh, we started EduMatch Publishing at that point. And, um, you know, that continued to kind of grow and uh, a huge shout out to the team that's behind it. You know, so we've um, together, we've been able to put out, I don't even know how many books, probably around 85 at this point, 85, 90, something like that. Um, and, you know, as you said, the PD part came along shortly thereafter. And somewhere in between, we had the nonprofit uh, that we started up. So shout out to the whole board of directors there as well. And, um, you know, we just gave away um, our round two of funding for the mini grants. So, um, and we'll be following up with the round three soon, but we uh, funded a couple of educator projects that they're doing with their students. Um, both of them, um, it's, it's kind of a coincidence, but both of them ended up uh, dealing with podcasting, podcasting and or video. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but we just, just, just put the, uh, put that grants uh, out and, and funded those. So we're going to have another round open. And um, yeah, so we do, we do lots of different things, work with districts as well, um, work with Google. We're a Google PD partner um, and we do a lot of book studies, webinars, um, even con consulting um, and just just lots of different things. So I'm just I'm just really happy um, and blessed that so many amazing people are uh, are working behind us to uh, to kind of keep it going and keep building and um, and you know, keep growing it out. Excellent. No, and I'm looking here at the catalog and you do have, I think it was, it's 82 that I counted, 82, um, you know, that are up there right now. But I mean, just the the amount of authors that you have and the types of books that you have, it's just amazing. There's definitely something for everybody here and just all of these written by just some wonderful educators that I've seen. And some of them have even been on the show. You know, I've had Valerie Sousa, Sousa on the show. And then of, of course, my my favorite, I, I call him the edu chef, <laughs> which is Mike, Mike Earnshaw, you know, from Punk Rock Classrooms and things. And, you know, he's just amazing. And um, his book was great too as well. So it's just amazing what you're doing here. But what I loved about this, Sarah, was just the, the whole premise of let's connect you with somebody that has that similar interest. And as you can see here, at least I see the vision here also is just promoting that sharing, promoting that connection. And that's something that is so important. And I think that, you know, from your experience, I mean, it just transitioned well into this, into this vision that you have of, hey, we've got something for everybody and we're going to connect you with an author and there's something here to meet your needs. And it's just amazing because uh, the amount of books that are there and the publishers whom you have are just amazing people to definitely connect with. So I encourage you all, please make sure that if you are on Twitter and you're, you haven't connected quite yet, or you're trying to still find your way around Twitter, just go to EduMatch. Also, just find out all those authors and follow them because they definitely put out some great stuff. And don't forget to also follow uh, Dr. Sarah Thomas as well because she's definitely got some great things. So, again, going back to EduMatch Vision Publishing, I did put the website out here on the chat. It will be also in the show notes. Uh, that way, people can go ahead and visit. You know, I, I am just blown away because it, this is just something that I, I love to see when people, you know, have this passion and they really just 
do something with it. And oftentimes, you know, people might hesitate a little bit because imposter syndrome kicks in and they're like, well, no, I mean, but that's Sarah Thomas and she's got this and she's, she's already doing that. And she already did this. Let me ask you something, Sarah, what advice would you give? Because I definitely want to inspire people by your story, because it's been amazing to see what you've done, what you've accomplished and what has come to fruition. So if there are any educators that are out there that would love to follow in your steps or have this vision, whether it's something similar to publishing or maybe just taking that next step in their career, what would be some advice from your personal experience that you can share to inspire them? Yeah, totally. Um, I would say that, I mean, we're not different, you know, like um, whoever might be feeling that way and uh, and me, you know, we have those same similar feelings. Um, so I can definitely relate to to what they're feeling. But the the thing is just to take that step, just to take that first step, because I I remember, you know, sometimes having ideas and I'm just like, oh, man, you know, wouldn't it be cool if somebody blah, 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 blah. And then what if that somebody is you, you know, like the person who is close to that um, problem of practice, you know, is probably the one of the best people to get the job done. And I say one of the best because it's it's sweeter when you collaborate, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> but um, but if you see if you see a challenge, um, then definitely take that step to fix it. Um, you know, and uh, if you're inspired to do something, then, you know, you might say, why me? Well, why not you? You know, um, definitely just uh, just go ahead, take that leap. Um, I really believe in. Uh, oh, goodness. I have not said this in a while, so I forgot the phrase that I was using. But jumping in feet first, jumping in feet first, like they do at the pool. You know, you don't want to. Some people like to dive in head first. And I mean, that's cool. That's your thing. You know, more power to you. Me, I'm a little, I'm a little more cautious, but you know, definitely jumping in feet first has been just something that has really, uh, really helped me out. Um, you know, assessing all the risks, and if the risks are, um, if if they're at a level that that isn't going to pose any kind of harm or you know do anything <laughs> like that, then I would say go for it. Um, because if it scares you, then that's probably because you are fully capable of doing it. Um, and you know, cause if, you know, if you tell me right now, go run like 150 miles, I'm not going to be afraid of that. Cause I'm just like, no, I'm, I can't, I'm not doing that right now. Right. Like that's not in my wheelhouse. But if, if somebody, you know, tells me to go do, I don't know, go, go run a mile right now. And I'm be like, why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to do that today. You know, like that, that, that would frighten me because that's something that I know that I'm capable of doing, but might be afraid to do today. So, um, so, you know, I would definitely take that fear as a sign, um, as a positive sign. Sometimes fear is, a, sometimes fear tells you to stay away from things, but sometimes fear tells you to move towards things. So, you know, I would definitely examine that fear. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's some great, great advice. So for all of you that are listening or are going to be uh, rewatching this episode or listening to this episode, you heard it here. Some great advice from Dr. Sarah Thomas. And again, you know, hopefully if in this episode, you've definitely heard real life educator stories. You've heard her origin story, where she's coming from, where she's been, where she's at. And I know that this is not, you know, where she's going to be for a while. So Sarah, are there any you know, anything going on, any plans or anything as far as EduMatch or anything else that you may be currently working on that you'd like to share? 
<laughs> there is, there is, there's, um, <laughs> there's quite a, uh, uh, change coming to my life. Um, and I will be announcing that, uh, shortly, but I'll tease it out here that, uh, you know, my Twitter pin profile, uh, pin tweet says that, uh, right now it's a season of transformation and it is a season of great personal transformation. So I'll leave it at that. There'll be more coming, um, probably in, uh, late June, early July. Some folks might already know, <laughs> but, but things are shifting. There's going to be a, a big shift in my world coming soon. Um, and regarding EduMatch, then we're hoping to still continue to grow it and still continue to evolve over time. So uh, definitely for anybody who's listening or watching, then please, you know, come check us out. Come join the fam. For sure, for sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. But before we go, Sarah, this has been a great conversation, but definitely uh, these are the last questions that I love to end with. Just something to add a little lighter note, um, you know, very similar to what Rochelle uh, does on the show. Sometimes they do, you know, put the show, the questions out there. Melody puts questions out there. But one of my questions that I love to ask uh, my uh, guests here is, right now, currently, in the state of education, what would you currently say is your edu kryptonite right now? Ooh, edu kryptonite. My goodness, that is a good one. Um, oh, I would say time. Time and opportunity, but not opportunity in the sense of lacking opportunity. Opportunity in the fact that there's so many opportunities out there and trying to find the time to uh to do them all because I want to do it all, you know. Um, but I, I'm I'm horrible a lot of times when it comes to time management and I'm horrible when it comes to prioritization. Um, so you know, those those are my kryptonite right now because I really do want to do it all, but sometimes you just gotta like sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes you gotta like listen to your body, listen to your schedule, listen to your priorities. So um, but yeah, really um just just looking forward to finding that balance. I know it doesn't really exist, but a better balance, I would say. Of, there you uh, go. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. Definitely some sound advice there, something that's needed because oftentimes, you know, I don't, I consider myself a, a multi-passionate learner. Like I love to dip my toes in everything. I want to learn all of the things, but sometimes there isn't enough time in the day to get all that done and you got to prioritize. But yeah, definitely time is definitely one of those. All right. Next question. If you can make one of your hobbies into a profession, which hobby would it be? That one would probably be music. Music. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to really do my music as much as I wanted to, but um, but yeah, music is like my life force and it's been lacking. It's been lacking. I need to make time for it. All right. All right. Excellent. So as far as music is concerned, is it, you know, playing instruments? Is it DJing? Uh, which, which one would it be? A little, all of the above. Like I would say primarily I'm, I'm a singer, but, um, I have DJed like for many, many, many years to get my music fixed in. And I'm always trying to learn a new instrument. Um, but like the last last few years, I've been really lacking when it comes to all that. So, yeah, hopefully one day I'll get it back. All right. All right. And now the last question, if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Hmm. That's great. Uh, <laughs> you have the tough questions today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me see. Um, I guess 
I guess kind of going back to our theme of connection, um, build deeper connections, like uh, get to know people, you know, um, be a little vulnerable, you know, and I know that 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 part people have to use their discretion because sometimes some spaces are not safe, you know, but um, but being willing, being willing and open to being vulnerable and getting to making new friends, you know, like, um, I think that that is, uh, that, that would be the one piece of advice that I would have. And probably all that wouldn't fit on the billboard, but <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of the, the message. If you could boil it, boil it down to its essence. There you go. It's just the power connections, connect, connect, connect. All right. Sounds great. Well, Sarah, it has been a pleasure. It's been an honor. You know, like I said, myself, uh, I'm kind of like starstruck per se, because, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a longtime follower of your work and love what you do, love what you've been able to do and just the inspiration behind it that I know if I'm feeling inspired by what you're doing, I know that there are many other educators that are out there that will definitely find inspiration in what you're doing. So I want to thank you, uh, you know, seriously, like sincerely to, for being on the show and just, uh, you know, giving us some time, telling us your story and just inspiring other educators that are out there right now that may need just that little, you know, little fire lit again, you know, fanning that flame, because I know we know right now it's a little bit tough out there, as we all know. But thank you so much for spending a little bit of your Saturday with me today and with all our guests. And uh, guys, thank you so much, as always, for being part of the show. Thank you so much for those of you that did participate today in the chat. Those of you that are going to be re-watching or re-listening to this episode, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for making my EdTech life what it is today. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us to give us some feedback on our webpage any feedback that you can give will help us always bring you the best and to improve anything that you may see that may need improving. I'm all for it because we always want to, well, I always want to give you the best. I know I always say we, but I always want to give you the best of me each and every time. So thank you so much for making us part of your Saturday this morning. Again, big shout out to Dr. Sarah Thomas for being an amazing guest. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. Make sure you connect with her on all the, you know, all socials as you will see on the episode um, page coming up shortly within about 30 minutes or so. So you'll be able to catch that. And again, thank you so much for making us part of your morning. But until next time, my friends, don't forget, stay techie.